Okay, I think we're simultaneously like we're in. We're streaming live. Streaming live. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Hello. Oh my gosh. First person on our first ever live video, so hi. Oh my gosh, we're a bunch of old fogies and we've <laughs> never done Instagram live. Like, some grandparents <laughs> going, is this thing Hello. on? And this is super exciting, so this thanks for jumping in. This is super exciting. Hey, let's see. This is Desi. Hey, Desi. Oh my gosh, I really enjoyed your, uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed, so I, I chatted with Desi yesterday with the Twat Pad podcast, and okay. she told us a really spooky story about Ooh. a Ouija board, and I loved it. Nice. You so. just say Ouija board, and that's a spooky story for me. You don't even have to... Something odd doesn't have to happen. It's just, Girl, nope, I'm we, done. I'm done. We do not mess with that Ouija board. Like, I've had, like, some experience. Like, not with the Ouija. Well, you know, a long time ago with, like, watching the craft stuff. But, no. Like, I've had some bad experiences with, like, some weird demonic stuff. And I just don't touch that shit. But, welcome, world. We are doing our first thing. So, yes. I'm Brittany. I'm Daniel. This is Daniel. Hey. Hello, everybody. And we're chilled and thrilled with our one audience. Yes, Desi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell everybody we're here. So, spread the word. We, we're going to attempt to record audio and video at the same time while streaming. And I think it's actually going to work through the miracle of QuickTime player uh i think it's actually working in garage band so absolutely it's gonna work out so we have this like dream of we were watching the twat podcast which is absolutely hilarious shout out hashtag twat podcast go listen to them they are fantastic it's totally weird and twisted right yes okay. but twat is just best <laughs> so they're great and they um they did a live stream and they've done a couple of them and i jumped in with that last night and i mean they just made some like really good points about how this is kind of where podcasting is going <clears throat> with way the future <clears throat> Thank you, Howard Hughes. Jesus. <laughs> I forgot to blink. Hold on. Yeah, it's like... way of the future. This is the way, like, how people are doing it, how how the cool kids are communicating. So we just thought we'd give it a shot and see what's out there. This is our first, our first take yeah, at it. Yeah. So we thought, wouldn't it be cool to do one of our episodes that we're going to do anyway in a podcast format, but do it live? We can have people, like talking to us and interacting with us and thought hey why the hell not so yeah we should try that well do you have a story to share i do time? have a story to tell this time i'd love to hear it oh thanks what are you drinking there uh I some this up? cheap whiskey with dr pepper nice nice well, the cheapest one that still comes in a glass bottle but <laughs> Uh, I'm not too ashamed to use a plastic bottle of whiskey. That's just what happened to be what we got last time. That's right. That's right. I think we're all by ourselves right now. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. We're That's still okay. trying this out. We're practicing. Out. This we is, are practicing. We're getting this. We're trying this. Oh, That's by the hey. way, take a look. I've got my nice goblet of evil. Here, put a little closer evil. so I can see. <laughs> the goblet of evil. Goblet of evil. Yeah, we might be a little cringy because, you know, we're kind of old and not yeah. hip and not with it. Sometimes we try to be funny, but oh well. 
We shoot for it. We don't care if it lands or not. Cheers. We're like those parents that, you know, do the crazy dances intentionally to embarrass their kids. That's that's our goal in like life. The, the stepdad Gary on the the EU skit on Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Ow, that's gross. Yep. Pretty much. That's us. Pretty much. Gotta play so some hey, categories. Categories. So we're just gonna try this out, see how it flies. Again, our first venture into it. We got some nice like galaxy stuff on the Apple TV. So screensaver. Go. Screensaver. Absolutely. So, okay, I'm going to punch us all in the balls here, and I'm going to tell a harrowing story of J.C. Lee Dugard's abduction. Okay? Okay. It's so, a familiar name, but the story, I don't know much about it at all. Okay. Definitely. Can you, okay, what do you know about it? Let's just start with that. Um, that she was taken young and kept for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything else about that? Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've heard it at different times, but I can't recall any of it, so... Okay, cool. No worries. Well, so the way I decided to go about this is doing kind of like a timeline. And uh-oh. Go ahead. I didn't know that my phone was going to get, like, go disappearing there, so... Hey. We're going to try this. So, okay. The way I'm going to do this is kind of chronological. So I'm going to start with the bad guy because he's old. And I'm going to do his life and go throughout it that way. So okay. our story begins 1951. Philip Garrido was born on April 5th, 1951 in Pittsburgh, California. Oh. But he was raised in Brentwood, California. All right. Now, he was described as uh, by his father as a good boy growing up in his early years, but that dramatic wait dramatically changed. Uh oh, why does it going, keep going dark? I don't know why it keeps going dark, but yeah, it dramatically it changed after he had a really bad motorcycle crash oh. when he was a teenager. Uh, hashtag can we say head trauma? Yeah, we had some sort of traumatic brain injury. TBI. We don't know, but. After that, he started uh, using drugs like meth and LSD very heavily. So in 1972, he was actually arrested and charged with drugging, kidnapping, and repeatedly raping a 14-year-old girl. What? Um, now, unfortunately, he was never convicted because in so many of these cases, like in this case, the girl was so scared, she was she didn't want to testify. Oh, damn. So they didn't have a case, and it was dropped. So, basically, um, she, he gets off scot-free. And he, in 1973, he marries one of his um, high school sweethearts, which is Christine Murphy, who he went to high school with. And she claimed that in their relationship, he was very abusive and actually, uh, she tried to run away from him, and he actually went after her, kidnapped her, and brought her back. So, she knew that he was accused of this, but... I don't know if she knew that, but they okay. got married in 73, a year after this. A year after he was arrested. He was super abusive, and she went away. And why does this keep going like, like I that? Don't I don't know. Let's leave... I mean, it's not hopefully it won't go all the way to sleep, go, like, but it wasn't see. doing that for a while. But I don't know. Whoa! Don't do that. Oh, but up, da, da. Okay. Okay. 
So anyway, so she's running away. He's coming back. Mm -hmm. or He's grabbing her and kidnapping her and bringing her back. So we flash forward to 1976. Philip actually kidnaps Catherine Calloway, who is 25, in South Lake Tahoe, California, after she agreed to give him a lift. He took her to Reno, Nevada, to a storage unit, and there he raped her for eight hours. Uh, eight what? hours. Now, a police officer on duty noticed that there was a parked car and a broken lock on the door, and he went to check it out. Good on him. Yeah. And he found Catherine, who p was pleading for help. Philip, of course, like any predator, went there and was like, oh, no, 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 we're just messing around. We're actually dating, and we're just doing some BDSM, you know, kind of kinky shit. She was like, no, no, the safety word is not banana. I need help. This motherfucker, you know, kidnapped me. He's been raping me. Help me. Did the, they... Hold on. The, oh. the, the police officer believes her, okay. and they arrest him. What was okay. your question? No, that's, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, spooky Cypod. Hey! Thanks for jumping in. Welcome. We're just getting started. We are talking about the case of J.C. Lee Dugard. All right. So, basically, he um, so he tries to be like, oh, we're just doing some BDSM. And Garrido is arrested and convicted this time okay. because Catherine, as a badass bitch, comes in there as like, no, this motherfucker did this to me. So he is sentenced in both a state and federal court and given a 50-year sentence okay. for uh, at Leavenworth Penitentiary for kidnapping and a 5- to 10-year in Nevada for rape. Now, he's sentenced to Leavenworth to start do his 50-year sentence, right? Okay. So 50 years, what is supposed to be 50 years for the kidnapping, and then after that... Five to Five ten, to ten years for, the, for rape. the rape. Yes. Seems okay. a little lopsided there, but okay, go ahead. Well, so he's at Leavenworth. He's doing his 50-year stint, right? Mm -hmm. Air quotes there. But he doesn't do 50 years. He goes under this um, psych evaluation, and they literally diagnose him as a sexual deviant and chronic uh, drug user. While there, he meets Nancy Boca Negra, who was visiting her uncle, who was in prison at the time. They started dating, and she married him, knowing full well what he was in there for, in 1981, while he was still in prison. Okay, so five years after that, yeah. he does this, Let he gets convicted. She's there visiting her family member. She sees him, they're like, hey, what's up? Yeah, and then she's they start... a Jehovah Witness. I forgot to mention that. Okay. So she's like preaching the good word, starts talking to him about God, and then boom, like, hey, we're hooking up here. I know all about your shady fucking past, but... Maybe she saw him as like a project? Like, I'm gonna fix this guy. I'm gonna... I don't know. I don't know. So they get married, and that's in 1981. So... so go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, last, last we heard that he was still married to the... Well, I don't know. Wife. You know, there was never any talk of when he was, if he was divorced. I assume he was divorced to be able to get married. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so she was must never have got, gotten out of there somehow. Hopefully. We hope for yeah. his first wife that he got out of there. I looked and looked. I couldn't find anything about whether he got divorced or not. I just know that he married Nancy at that time. So, 
We've got a cat scratching at the door, motherfucker. Come on. Let the cat in. And I think I hear River downstairs. Yeah, River is our crazy lab who just whines. She's an attention whore. And then we've got Foxy Cleocatra, who's joining the podcast. Okay. Hello, Foxy. Everybody can see Foxy now. She's our, our annoying little puss who just yells and yells and yells and yells for attention. She wants her nighttime snack is what she wants. Absolutely. She doesn't give a shit about us. <laughs> she can put my butt in your face to you give me exactly. something to Exactly. Exactly. So, we're, so this is 1981 when they get married. But we're going to actually go back one year okay. to 1980. This is when our heroine victim survivor is born. Okay. J.C. Lee Dugard was born on May 3rd, 1980 to uh, Terry Probin and her biological father, which is Ken Slayton, but he was never in the picture. In fact, he didn't even know that he had fathered a oh, child. Oh, okay. So we just say Terry. She was with her mom for a long time. Now, eventually she did have a stepfather. Her name was His name was Carl, but they were not close. Okay. Not even in the least. You're not my dad. No, he just wasn't. She wanted a dad. She didn't know a dad. She didn't know, you know, here's this man in her life and she wants to have some kind of relationship with him. But we'll find out that Carl's kind of an ass. So Carl was always really critical of JC. Let's just see if it like, okay. It's I'm going to start waving at people. Is there... Oh, hey, hey, hey. Okay. Wave. Yeah. Okay, All right, cool. motherfucker, this fucking dog. Oh my God, this dog barking. Okay. Okay, so... Um, Carl was always really critical of JC. He treated her very much like she was the stepdaughter, hmm. like Cinderella business. So there was actually a lot of references. And a lot of what we, what I did was I read um, JC Dugard's book, which is called A Stolen Life. And it's her autobiography. It's amazing. I recommend going seeing it. I'll be right but, back. But uh, Daniel's got to jump, jump out real quick because our freaking dog, River, is being a pain in the ass right now. And ugh, I don't like her. Well, I like her. She's cute, but she's really needy. So we're going to just take a little sip. But in the meantime, I'm going to show y'all. I've got an awesome little goblet full of wine. It's the goblet of wine. Do you like our background? We're literally just starting this like out of nowhere. We're just seeing, hey, you know what? With a podcast game, it's cool. You can try something new. I know we've got some cool listeners who just say, hey, I liked this. No, I didn't like that. Tell us what you think. We want to know hashtag feedback. Hashtag yes, we are cringy and hashtag yes, we own it because we're goofy. If you hadn't read our description, we're a goofy married couple. We're lame. <laughs> I'll just say it. We are. We're totally lame and we own it and we like it and we're goofy. And you know what? If you don't like it, you don't have to listen. That's the great thing about it. You don't have to listen, but that's okay. We hope you do listen if you like it. And if you're entertained. But in the meantime, I guess I'm just entertaining people out there in internet land. Hello. Welcome. And I'm sipping my wine from my skull goblet. How are y'all all doing? I think 
maybe I can just talk a little bit about what we were hoping. So when we were watching the Twat podcast, you know, they were interacting with some of their followers and it was just really cool. It was really chill. They were just telling their story and kind of things that they had experienced. And I thought, oh my God, how cool is that? They're interacting with folks and it's not just, hey, we record a podcast and we put it out there and we don't have any response. It's like a one-way communication. The thought came to me, what if we did like a live, excuse me, I belched, a live podcast episode where people could hop on in real time and just be like, hey, what's up, folks? Um, Yeah, I'm hearing this story you're telling me. And hey, I have some input. What about this? And we can answer those questions in real time. I don't know. Maybe that's out there. I haven't seen it. I love podcasts, especially like true crime podcasts. I follow several of them, and there are so many good ones out there, but it's all one-way communication, you know? They're giving your story, they've recorded it, and then you are listening to it after the fact, after it's been recorded. Welcome back. Thanks. And I was just kind of like saying how we were wanting to do this interactive podcast, and we really wanted people to be able to like go in. But you're back, so I'll continue. So I left off with saying that okay. Carl was always critical. Yes. Fucking Carl. Right? Okay. Carl. So he was very he there was a lot of references in her book that I've referenced The Stolen Life, the mm-hmm. one that she wrote later on, where um he was always trying to find ways, or she was always trying to find ways to please him. Of course, that's the only father she's ever known. Yeah. But um, he kind of is a big douche. According to J.C. Carl, thought that, you know, like, her table manners were atrocious. Direct quote. Atrocious. And that um, one of them suggested that she was, um, he's the one that suggested she actually start walking to the school bus to go to school. Instead of her mom or him, God forbid, take her to school. Hmm. You need to walk up to the school bus stop and take the bus because we're too busy with you. We're like your mom and I are working. Her mom what? was very dedicated, but he was just kind of like a uh, stepdaughter. Go up the yeah, hill. Yeah, I don't want to have to deal with. I don't want to. You know, you're old enough. You can walk up it's this like- hill. Yeah, it's cool. I'll marry you, but I don't have to deal with this daughter of yours. I yeah, mean- pretty much. Pretty much. And it's like that is a huge part of the story coming on. And it's just really sad. So as a side note, have you seen those videos of the the dad who's uh, asking someone to marry him? But she has a daughter and he'll go and like give her a ring to and and like no. ask ask her like, hey, I'm not trying to be your dad. I can never be your dad. It's, you know, that not that. But I want to be a part of your existing family. Those are real sweet. That sounds really sweet. No, I haven't seen Or that. like a stepdad asking to adopt the, the stepkid. Yes, I've seen those Those kinds. are really good, too. Those are really good. Yeah, anyway, unfortunately, sorry. Carl wasn't like that. And so, um, so JC grew up mainly in Anaheim. Remember, I said leave it. Let's see if it keeps going. So JC grew up in Anaheim. And she also lived in Orange County, but while they were in Orange County, there was actually a break-in at the home. So Carl thought, Carl, sorry, I'm drinking, Carl 
thought it would be safer if they moved, you know, to a small town. So the family moves to the small rural town of Myers, which is a suburb of South Lake Tahoe, California. If I didn't know in, there was a Pittsburgh, California or a Lake Tahoe, California. If you'll remember from a couple minutes ago, South Lake Tahoe is where Catherine Calloway was, kid- uh, was kidnapped. Okay. Okay, mm. so... Now, we're flash-forwarding to 1998. Okay. After only... Get this, y'all. After only serving 11 of his 50-year sentence... What? And after two parole interviews, both which lasted less than 30 minutes, they ended up ending his sentence... And when they ended his sentence there in California, they then transferred him to Nevada to uh-huh. serve his, you know, five to ten year thing right. for raping um, Catherine Calloway. But after just eight months. Oh, is this even still on? Oh, my God. I don't know if it's still on. Shit. Pause due to poor connection. Oh, no. That's all right. We're back. We're back. And we're back. So we do Scene. need. We do need to we do, do need that. To I don't know. We gotta Maybe figure out I should to, do that. Oh my god! Sorry. You need to turn off your. We're still auto learning lock or it. Something. Absolutely. Okay, so you'll just have to keep touching the yes. video. I'll pretend I'm waving at somebody, even even though there's nobody <laughs> knew, nobody knew to wave at. Hey, nobody. Yeah. Thanks for being here, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, where was I? Oh my god. So he only served eight months of his second sentence. Yes. After so he only, only served eight months, and That's... the parole board decides to let him out on parole because they deem him no longer to be a threat to society. Okay. So we're gonna pause just really quick. Insert like happy hold music. Okay. I don't know where this thing is. Display and brightness, maybe. Display and brightness. Is there an auto lock on there? Auto lock. Turn it to never real quick. Never. Oh no, that's not it. Here, just swipe up halfway from there. You go. Did somebody? You okay. wait. We wait. I thought there was a comment. We're lame. Well, there's something else. There's a notification, but maybe there's a comment on something. Okay. Else. Anyway, and we're back. And we're back with our lame. Cringy dialogue for you. All right. Cheers to cringy dialogue. We won't stop. Yeah, we won't stop. Hey, you know the cool thing about the internet is that it lasts forever. And our children and our children's children and their children's children will see how lame and cringy we are. (laughs) They're going to be like, ooh, what is this? Turn it off. Ow. (laughs) All right, so what is it? So they let him out on parole, and they claim he's no longer a threat or a danger. So he's supposedly under a court-mandated doctor. He's under strict supervision, and the parole officers are watching him because he is a high-risk offender, even though he is no longer a threat to society. That's a little bit of a contradiction. Flip, flop, flip, flop. Hello, oh Jen. Hello, Thanks Jen. Thanks for coming up. I'm trying to touch Welcome. The we are thing. talking about the case of J.C. Duga- Lee DeGard, and we've been drinking, so hey. <laughs> um, so we just got through talking about the bullshit um, 
justice system of how he was supposed to be serving a 50-year sentence, but he totally didn't. He only served 11 years of that 50 sentence, uh, 50 year sentence, and then he only served eight months of a five to 10 year service. So what so should have been 60 years. 60 years put away for raping a 25 year old woman and ended kidnapping up being her. Less than 12. Ended up le- being less than 12. Absolutely. So once out on parole, Philip had to wear a GPS ankle bracelet, which was supposed to be heavily monitored. Uh, monitored, and he was not allowed to be within so many feet of a school or any place where children would be, like a playground, Mm -hmm. right? Disturbingly enough, though, he frequently went to parks with kids playing where he would have Nancy, his wife, who fully knew about his background, record him playing the guitar with his brilliant, masterful singing, all the while, he would pan over from where Philip was to the kids playing in the background, full well knowing that he was videotaping little girls. She was videotaping little girls, zooming in with them in the background so that he could watch it later. Like full fucking vomit to that what fucking the shit. Hell. So she She knew. She married him. She was doing this for him? She, like she was knew. recording like she, that for him? Yes. And in fact, I'm actually uh. gonna play a quick video. So like what I'm playing right now is from the uh Diane Sawyer interview with JC Lee Dugard. And I don't know if the thing will pick this up. Oh no. The stupid fucking Thing is oh, not it's going, okay, here we go. So I want you to watch this. Video too that's never been seen. Okay. Parole visits that were epic failures. Listen to this shit. That will chill you that's to freedom. the bone. Philip and Nancy Garrido are preparing to make a home movie you will not believe. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. It looks like the video will capture Philip Garrido playing a song Listen. on his guitar. But the guitar playing is just a ruse. Look like you're pointing at me. Look Look like you're pointing at me. Oh, shit. It's a playground. The Garritos are there to get shots of young children to feed Philip Garrido's sick appetites. You got me real good? Yes. I can see you really good. This is going on I can see the fact she's... that Philip Garrido is supposedly under the watchful eye of federal parole officers for his past history of sexual violence. Nobody's monitoring his his thing, man. No, he's right there in a fucking playground with kids in the background, and they're zooming in, like showing him, and then zooming on the background over his shoulder at the kids. The look on his face is He's singing. He's demented. He's like, like Jack Black on crack or something. I don't know. He's just Having a snack? Yeah, it's whack. <laughs> Sorry, this is a serious topic. Go ahead. Okay, no, no, it's really serious. So, also, something else that I found out was that Nancy would drive around with a camcorder being this trustworthy woman on a, you know, oh, hey, sweetheart. Hey, can you do the splits? Can you do a cartwheel? To little unsuspecting girls just on the street. And yeah, I've been doing cheerleader. And they, they she would get videotapes 
of these kids. She would trick them into doing that and take that video back to this motherfucker. She's like, fuck that bitch, right? Oh, I didn't know. You mentioned he was going to be the, the bad guy, but she's They're she's both right the bad guys, him. yes. But, like, he's the main perpetrator in this. So, 1991, June 9th, 1991, JC and her family, they go to a craft fair where she gets a new ring. Hey, yay, I'm 11 years old. I get this new ring. It's so exo- uh, so awesome. But there's someone else also there at the fair. Several people, including Carl, her neglectful uh, stepfather, described seeing a woman in a car who was like scouting for something. They said maybe she's Indian or maybe she's Pakistani, but she had jet black hair and dark eyes. And I want to show you a uh, picture real quick of Nancy, Nancy Garrido. And you just tell me if that looks like that. Garrido. Uh, let's see. Kind of look like that picture? Yeah. Dark hair, dark eyes for sure. Yeah. Can you all see that? That's Nancy and Philip. Motherfuckers. Gross, gross people. So, that's what's going on there. Let's go back to this. So, we can't be sure. No one knows for sure if Nancy was there or not, but it sounds a whole hell of a lot like the past. Fits the description, yeah. She, and she did admit later that she was scouting out and found JC for Philip. She found her for So on Monday, June 10th of 1991, JC wakes up. Oh, yay, I'm getting ready for school. She puts on her favorite outfit, which is pink stretch pants, a kitty cat shirt, and pink windbreaker. Hello, hashtag early 90s. Mm -hmm. Very, very much what I wore myself. She also is looking for that new ring that she got at the craft fair. That's really important. But she can't find it. She's like, really? Oh, no, I can't find it. So she decides, okay, I'm just going to put this silver butterfly ring that mom got her four years before Carl ever came into the picture. And she decides she'll wear that later. That's really important for later on in the story. Butterfly ring, got it. Okay. Now, the night before on Sunday, which is the same day that they went to the craft fair, Mm -hmm. she told her mother hey, you need to come in and give me a kiss goodbye in the morning because her mother would always get up very early and have to go. So she was like, even if you have to wake me up, just give me a kiss goodbye. That morning, her mom was in a bit of a rush and she forgot to go wake her up to give her a kiss that morning. Uh, That's heartbreaking. Kiss your kids goodbye. Even if you're super duper late, it's not worth it. Just Kiss your kids goodbye. You never know. So she forgot and she never kissed her. So JC wakes up and she's like, darn, she didn't remember to kiss me, but I'm going to make sure I let her know tonight. Mm -hmm. Right? So another big question was really burning on JC's mind, which was, mom, I'm going on this field trip and I really want to shave my legs for this upcoming field trip. Now for girls out there, 11 years old, you're coming into puberty, you do not want to be the girl with the hairy legs. Mm. Like, you're wanting to shave your legs. That's a big moment. I can just 
distinctly remember when I came to my mom and was like, I want to, I want to shave my legs, mom. And that was like a big thing. And I remember I didn't know how to shave them. So I shaved them dry. Uh, but I was very careful and I actually didn't get razor burn. I was like surprised, but I was like, hello. I was like, yeah. So I did it. But this is what JC wanted to know. She wanted to know, hey, can I shave my legs? So she's getting ready and she doesn't want to miss the bus. If she misses the bus, she has to ask her stepfather, Carl, mm, no, for a ride. And she knows that Carl already thinks that she messes up everything that she does. So she's like, you know what? I don't want to upset him. I'm going to see if I can get a, uh, you know, I don't want to ask him for a ride. Her stomach is even upset. She's thinking, hey, I want to stay home. But no, I don't want to stay here with Carl. Right. I'm just going to get ready. I'm going to go up there to the bus. So she leaves her house and she starts walking up the long driveway towards the road to the bus. Now, their house is like, you know, a lot of houses in East Texas where like they're set back in the forest. They kind of have a long driveway and then there's like a main road. Mm -hmm. Well, the main road was where... The bus, the bus picked was, up. Yeah. So she started going, walking up her driveway. And then the way her mother and Carl taught her was to go up and walk on the side facing traffic. Right. You mm -hmm. know, you want people to so be able to see, see you. Yeah. yeah. So she's walking up this. Now, halfway up the walk there to the bus stop, she's uh, here's a car pull up behind her. She's thinking, okay, they're going to ask for directions. Um, you know, why else would somebody be pulling up behind her? Yeah. This is on or their, their drive? Their no, no, this road. is on the main road. On she's the, okay. just gotten on the main road. So without warning, a man leans out of the car and presses a stun gun to her back. What the hell? She instantly collapses, and she tries to get away, but her limbs are not working. She yeah, doesn't that... understand. She's like, oh my God, what has just happened? I'm numb. She pees herself, but there's no time to be embarrassed, not even for a second because of everything happening so fast. She's trying to scramble away from this man coming at her, and her hands find something sticky and something hard. And she later realizes that what she felt was a pine cone. Oh. This would be her last grip on reality as she knew it. Philip grabs her throws her in the car in the back seat. She's numb from the stun gun. And Nancy, using her legs, is pushing her down on the floorboard. And they speed off. Damn it, Nancy. Yes. Everybody so she, coming in. She has just been abducted by the um, convicted sex offender who is on probation from prison and his accomplice wife, Nancy. Now, Carl, the asshole uh, stepfather, sees all of this happen from the window of his garage. He rushes to get on his bike and he starts chasing after the car. But of course, a bike is no match. Yeah. No match whatsoever for a car. So before he knows it, they get away and they're speeding off with JC. JC is going in and out of consciousness in the back of this car. And all she remembers hearing is at some point her captor saying, I can't believe we got away from it or uh, got away with it. And they laugh. 
ha ha ha. She's going in and out of consciousness. Can you fucking believe that? No. I can't believe we got away with it. Ha ha ha. They've just stun gun. Oh my god, I can't even. It's. I gotta take a break. This is great. I'm getting all like worked up with this. Chick lit pod. What's up, y'all? Lisa, uh, Lisa Sheba, Ms. Luna, hey Shelby, hey. Hey. Welcome, Welcome in, everybody. Welcome. So we're talking about J.C. Lee Dugard. So she's thrown into the back here. They drive off. Carl sees this. He races after with the bike, but he can't get to him. And she's going in and out of consciousness. I can't believe we got away with it. Ha, 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 captors. Did now, Carl not have a car? I know I'm asking a question you probably don't want to answer I to. I think at that moment. He's just like, there's a bike, I'm going to go. Yes, he's panicking, just like, trying the to get the house, that. Maybe. I think he was working on a car. I think he worked on cars. Okay. It's probably the first thing. I mean, God, I can't. I, As a parent, you don't want to even go there. But what would you fucking do? My first reaction would be I would run. I wouldn't think get in a car. Yeah. Turn keys. Get shift. I would just think run. I would jump and lunge my body onto anything to get my child. I don't know. That wasn't to him, apparently, his child. So, but he still yeah, went I mean, after he it. Went, he tried he went at least and he tried. something. Yeah. And he saw it, and I'm sure as any person would be, any normal person, he was fucking horrified. So, he sees this happen. Now, they drive for approximately three hours. All the while, she's going in and out of consciousness. And finally, the car pulls into the Garita home at 1554 Walnut Avenue in Antioch, California, approximately 120 miles away from her home. Shortly after, Philip takes her to the bathroom. And they, they oh, I'm sorry. Um, they tell her to be quiet upon arriving. They put a blanket over her head and they escort her in like cousin it, you know, like she can't see. And they get her in. They tell her to be super quiet because there are very aggressive dogs around right now and they will attack her. So they get her into the house shortly after and trigger warning to anybody who this is going to get into. I'm not even going to get into the main details of what she said in her book because they're hard to read, let alone say and broadcast out loud, but highly recommend it, A Stolen Life, J.C. Lee Dugard. So I'm going to say what I'm comfortable saying. He takes her to the bathroom where he tells her to take off her clothes. She says no. She's 11 years old. She, he says, if you don't, I'll do it myself. She still doesn't move. She's frightened. Petrified. Probably frozen. Like, can't call it even move if she tried. So what he does is he removes her clothes, but he misses the butterfly ring on her pinky. Oh, okay. This is going to remain for the next 18 years. Her one thing that she hides from him is this butterfly ring that her mom got her. He forces her into the shower with him. She has never seen a naked man before. She has no idea of genitalia, 
of situations like this. She doesn't even know the word rape because she has been in a very sheltered, loving life. She's 11 fucking years old. She doesn't know any of this. And the only thing she knows is I don't want to make this guy angry. And he starts asking her strange questions. And all I'm going to put, I even put in my notes here, look in the book, vomit. You can see what he asked her. He also shaves her body hair. And it's so ironic because the big question she wanted to ask her mom was, can I shave my legs? And he forcibly shaves her. So then out of the shower, she's fucking freezing. He gives her a towel and he asked her and he and she asked, can I put my clothes back on? And he laughs. No, that's all for today. He tells her he's taking her somewhere else and to be quiet. So he puts that towel over her head and tells her, uh, she tells him, my family doesn't have much money. And, you know, that's what kidnappers want, right? They want money. Yeah. That's so my family doesn't have a lot of money. TV or whatever. That's all she knows. She thinks, hey, ransom. they want ransom. So he leads her to a shed in his secret backyard. And I've decided I'm going to make this into two parts. So in part two, I'm going to show you a layout. But basically picture. So this is nice. See, now instead of just being like on a podcast, we can actually show it. So picture this very rectangular, like in Hawaii, this very rectangular piece of land. Okay. The house is here. And there's like this secret backyard, very thin strip. So there's like a bunch of junk sheds and things like that, little, you know, buildings Mm -hmm. back in this backyard. So he takes her to this secret backyard with the blanket over her head and he puts her in a shed and he tells her he has to put handcuffs on her. But he tells her it's okay. They won't hurt. They're the fuzzy ones. Oh, jeez. Jesus Christ. So... With her hands cuffed behind her, he lays her down on a bunch of blankets on the floor, a.k.a. what we call a pallet, you know, and that is her bed. And he puts her on her side and he leaves her and he locks the door. This shed is also his so-called music recording place and it has been completely soundproofed yeah Mm. completely he was planning this yells or whatever right so he he puts her down there and before he walks out what he says is remember there are dogs outside and they will think that you are a trespasser if you try to leave and that freaks her out so there she is alone naked handcuffed 11 years old and she cries herself to sleep as anyone would do yeah now time is not something she could really judge throughout her whole ordeal but by her account several days pass and he would visit her every day with some food and a drink Now, during those times, he would take off the handcuffs so that she could eat, and he would put them back on afterwards. He brought her a bucket so she could use the bathroom. A bucket. Now, this is June, 
remember? June in California, pretty so hot, right? The shed is locked away and it's fucking hot. Like, you know, you don't think of California, but a lot of California is a desert. Yeah. Like, you know, Los Angeles and stuff like that. Brentwood, Southern fucking, California, right? That's a, no, uh, this is South um, Tahoe. South, okay. I don't know. It's, it's hot. It's hot. It's okay, hot. it's hot. It's June. So she's sweating. She's naked. She's handcuffed. And he brings her a fan. Still, no bathroom, just a bucket, no toilet paper, and nothing. So what did he do during these first visits? He would try to make her smile. He would talk in different accents. He would tell her fun stories, which apparently is a classic pedophile move he's trying to gain her trust he's trying to make her happy he's becoming her only source of food company anything he is so, everything yeah, we stole you away from your family and stripped you down and drove you god knows where but i'm your friend now right so after a week she is oh um i'm sorry um, he, she's totally dependent on him for food, water, amusement, bathroom, everything. So she has no way of keeping track of time, nothing to write on, because he takes all of the trash when she's done. Takes it away, she's got handcuffs. So approximately after about a week after she's taken, she's in the shed, she's hot, she's miserable, she's very hungry. She's waiting for him to bring him something to eat, and there are often ants crawling on her she hasn't bathed since that first day when he forced her to shower with him and the only thing she's ever had to wash with is a bucket of water and she like she's cuffed she can't flick ants off of her mm -hmm. so they're crawling on her so about yeah. a week later she hears this lock click and she gets happy hey here's my food Something she's to eat, super hungry yeah survival mode exactly he would always bring her a soda but today he brings her a milkshake and he says today will be a little different and she can have the milkshake when we're done 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 with what this is the first time he rapes her and i'm not gonna go into the details of that JC is fearless in her book. She lays it out there, and by God, I give her so much strength for what she laid out because it's his shame, not hers. But she laid it out there what he did. So he raped her, and he continued to rape her every day. But after that first day, she didn't, again, know the concept of rape. And she didn't know what was happening. The only thing she knew that he was stronger and that it hurt. And she couldn't do anything about it. Now afterwards, he brought her a bucket of warm water and a cloth and said, he'll be in the other room so she can bathe in privacy. So he well, rapes so considerate her. of him. And now he's going to bring her a, a bucket. So that's part of the manipulation. I'm giving you your privacy so you can do this and that. So then she has to lay there on the pallet, the place where she just got raped. She's not even understanding what happened to her and she's in pain. The milkshake is all but forgotten. 
and when she remembers it, it's already covered in ants. And that, unfortunately, is where we're going to draw the line and stop at part one. Because there is so much more to this story, y'all. And I, I just can't even... I, I had to split it into two parts. So that, so far, is part one of the abduction of J.C. Lee Dugard. What do you think of that? That's sickening and infuriating. And, I mean, the fact that just knowing after the fact that she survived, is able to write a book and move on with her life. And, and yes, no spoiler alert. Yeah, it's, this is, she survives this. We're but, telling her story because she is a badass bitch. But she, she went through hell. And it's important in stories like this where anyone who is a true crime fan to hear that victim's story, to know that they went from this awful circumstance that the human mind and heart is so able to adapt that she was able to put up with this for 18 years but she came out i didn't know it was 18 years till just now well it's 18 years and in part two we're gonna hear so far we've heard up to the first week of her captivity And we're going to hear a hell of a lot more. So, hello out there. <laughs> Thank you all for, for joining. There's a bunch of folks that I didn't see. Yeah, wave so. to y'all. Hello, everybody. My gosh, how are y'all doing out there? What's up? Do, do you have, are y'all familiar with this story? Have you seen any of the shows or read the book? Does anybody know anything more than the headlines about it? It's a crazy-ass story, and it's intense. What do you think of what we've done so far? I This is our first live stream, by the way, yeah, if you're just hello. joining. So we're, we're Welcome. trying something different for the podcast to record the audio and also live stream it at the same time. So, um, And we have a random picture of a waterfall. Yes, yeah, a very nice For your spectrum. calming pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks again to everybody who's here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank um, you. It says waved. Yes, I'm trying to read names. You're blind. The, the Sober okay. Lens. Okay, I remember seeing y'all on the feed. Hey, y'all. Birdbone Tattoo. What's up? Mario. Wave to you. Yes. Hello. We're, We're talking about J.C. Lee Dugard and her abduction. We just finished up part one. What do y'all know about that? Anything? Does it, we want to talk to y'all. Talk to us, please. Does it show up if somebody says something? Does it show up at the bottom? Yeah, there? it'll show oh, up okay. at the bottom. World fogies. They're shy. They're shy. They don't want to say anything. You can say something. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't want to, it's okay. That's all right. Appreciate cool. you being here anyway. Yeah, we appreciate it. Well, this is just like an experimental thing. We're trying it out, and we appreciate you coming by and saying hey. So, so when are we doing part two? Next week. Next Saturday night? I don't know if it's going to be Saturday night or not, but... We'll try to put up a thing and plan better and say, hey, we're going to go live at such and such time in that way. Well, I don't know. It depends on when we can get the kids to sleep. We can try to plan. Plans change, but we can we can try to plan. We can plan. Yeah. We can have a plan to plan. Ishes. <laughs> Ishes. Cheers.
<laughs> All right, y'all. Well, um, I just... anything you want to say about the case so far? Or? I mean, to, to be only a week in out of not just 18 years of that, but what's, you know, what's been going on with her since then. She's obviously written a book. She's done interviews. It was a national story. She's a badass. Like, I would be honored to meet her someday. Like, seriously. Anyone who's gone through any kind of hardship like that is just amazing. Yes, amazing. and to take that and, and, and after all that time, yeah, if anybody had an excuse to be, but it sounds like she's turned around, around and refuses to be a victim. You know what I mean? She's the sweetest girl. Oh, my God. If y'all haven't seen the Diane Sawyer interview, actually, she's interviewed her twice that I know of that I've seen. And it's just, despite everything she's gone through, she's the sweetest, what I would say, most gentle, calm. You'd think someone who went through all of that would just be put through the grinder, would be gruff, and, and she's just magnificent. Wow. Well, I'll look forward to seeing that. I intentionally avoided the stuff she was watching as she <laughs> was researching too. for this because <laughs> I wanted I wanted to hear the story for the first time. But I've wow. been saving. I, I wrote this like actually a couple months ago when we first started the podcast, and we just got so many different stories that we were you know giving out each day and and each week, and we were just cranking them out and. This was one that I've just been saving up, and I felt like this was the time when I was ready to 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 do that because it's a hard it's a hard topic to yeah, get into for sure. And we like to joke around and have fun on this, or we try to be funny anyway. But uh, we're kind of cringy. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is to get into this one of these things. It's tough to have playful banter back and forth when this is the topic it's you know but then at the same time you have to i mean you you have to find some you have way to, to find some way to to dissociate from the horror of it but the fact that human beings can go through such horrific things and come out and still be decent people is just a tribute to the amazing human mind and yeah. you know I think it's just, I don't know, I want to cover more people who've gone through this. And all I have to say is just fuck Philip Garrido and fuck Nancy Garrido. And, like, I hope they rot. I hope they fucking rot in I prison. I guess that means they're still alive. Okay. They are still fucking alive. Last I checked. And, hey, oh, my gosh. So, did y'all fucking hear about the Tiger King shit? Anybody? So, Tiger it's a, it's okay King. To comment. You can just put a little a <laughs> thing, a little thing on there, just a yes or a no. If anybody's still in here, how can we tell man. who's actually in here? Well, if they say is that it, the eye they... thing? Yes. We got one some one folks. person. I guess people want to stick around, but all right. That's okay. Whoever's here, thanks. Hey. But uh, I did see that myself. I saw that. Carol fucking Baskins. She's is... gonna try to help him get out if. He agrees to help he her. He did agree. Mm -hmm. He has agreed to take Carol Baskin's Carol fucking hashtag quote parentheses <laughs> Carol fucking Baskin's offer, which is at first I thought it was they were saying they weren't going to be um, 
taking any, they weren't going to be breeding cats anymore, but it's actually now that they won't be they want to try owning, to, they which want I'm to wondering. Support legislation to outlaw private ownership. Wouldn't of that big cats. put Carol fucking Baskins out of a well, job? You know, she is has, you know, some sort of preserve, but they're saying she private still owns ownership. Them. Well, she's she's a business, right? She runs a, a rescue. So I don't know if that's private ownership or if she considers herself a zoo, like it's a rescue organization. But her big thing, well, the problem was that was like people would buy the things or they would have the his, what he did early on was the tour. He would tour around with the, the tiger cubs and pet them where people would well, own them in their homes. And he would breed the, the kids or the, the babies, mm-hmm. the cubs. And that's what everyone wanted to take the pictures with. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, I want to take a picture with the baby. Take it away from the cub. mother as soon as born. And mm. and I feel I feel bad to say that hey if I would have given if someone had been like hey you want a picture with a baby tiger cub heck yes uh, I want I mean they are freaking cute all we ever see is them is on you know Animal yeah. Planet and stuff of course I want a picture with them I can see how people with good intentions would want that but yeah no he would go around and then as soon tigers grow fucking fast as soon as they would be a few months old they'd be past the cuddly, cute tiger cub age. Easy to control. And then stage. all of a sudden you have huge ass cats who are like trying what are you to do attack with them, then? them. You gotta try to sell them to somebody. And it was proven that Joe Exotic shot several of the, you know, tigers that he had he because he couldn't him. afford to feed them. He, he just said, got him rid of them. Leftovers from, and which just, they also used in a snack bar apparently, but. That's a different thing. What? You don't remember that? that? Like it was questionable groceries going into their their snack no, bar. No, I didn't know. I don't remember that part. Okay, that's how I remember anyway. But here's my theory: What if she's gonna try to spring him because she wants him dead? She can't do that when he's in prison for trying to kill her. Okay, I would and then push he'll back. end up underneath. The, the the septic tank with her ex-dead husband or going through the meat grinder. I think I think she could easily get him, you know... Whacked. Whacked offed. in... Well, w- Iced? <laughs> don't say whacked off in <laughs> No, whacked. <laughs> um, I mean, he is in prison, so, I mean... <laughs> and he is very, very gay. Openly gay. Hashtag mm. whacked off. <laughs> He's married, though. To three, well, three was three guys, and then one guy shot himself. Oh my god! He's like, never going to financially recover from that, by the way. Oh my god! Have y'all seen that? There's like literally CT scan of like the guy sitting there, and he's like, "Hey, you know, it's not loaded," and he fucking shot himself in the head. And the guy, like that, you can see like the CT camera is pointed on. He's like. He's like, no way that just happened. That did, yeah, he said. Oh my! Don't worry, it's it's a Ruger. It won't fire without a magazine. And oh my god! Oh my god! Which should be true for most of them, but well, I can't I, imagine being that guy. Know, he was working in like as their, he was the campaign manager, right? Or used to. Yeah, he was like their campaign manager, but that's fucking crazy. I can't as imagine shit. just like happening so, right there in front of you. So Carol fucking Baskins is helping Tiger King. I still, 
I can't rap. When I saw that, I was like, no shit. (laughs) Fuck. No shit. Yeah. So I think she's going to, I think she's going to have him killed. Have him whacked. Yeah. Whacked off. You're going to whack him off. I mean, do you whack somebody? I saw a tiger. (laughs) The tiger saw a man. (laughs) The tiger saw a man. Oh my gosh. Well, we're having a fucking blast over here, man. We're just talking between ourselves to internet land. I have no idea if anybody's even paying attention. Are y'all drinking? We're drinking. Cheers. How's your Saturday night going? How's your Saturday night? If it's even Saturday night, wherever you are. I ran out of my wine. So it's a sad Saturday night right now until I get a refill. It's not... It's not that sad. We're doing our first live stream and... Our first live stream. This still blows my mind. It blows my fucking mind that from your home, you can broadcast to the world. Again, we're old fogies who are kind of cringy. A fancy microphone and a sweet backdrop? Yes. (laughs) It's high quality entertainment right here, tell you what. I mean, what else are you watching tonight? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> I disappeared. <laughs> I wonder if that was LV and DR Jackson. Oh, no. oh, hey, somebody's back. Hey. Hey. Oh, I need my call back. Oh, oh what's up? If I tap on this, can I see who it is? Mario. What you doing? Call him out. <laughs> don't call him out. What? what I'm doing? just. Stop messing I with it. I just want to. See, you don't understand how Instagram, how the no, Instagram works. Just wanted to see who it was that was here. It's Mario. Hi, Mario. Okay, picture it. Sicily. 1922. Yep. Any Golden Girls fans named Mario here? No? Okay, that's fine. You're drunk. Uh, Shut I up. Wish. This has <laughs> been spread out. I only did four seconds worth of pour instead of five on this one. Oh my gosh, how long have we been going on this? I don't know. Running running out of battery over there, though. Are we? Oh my gosh, no. No? Is it still going? We're at... An hour. An hour and two. (laughs) So, hey, we're still recording here. So I think we're going to call it a night. Bye, Mario. Thanks for stopping by. He's gone now. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Oh, wait, wait. we got to tell him where we can find us. Instagram. He didn't know Instagram. Yes, and... Excuse me. Yeah, Instagram. Everything's on there. Instagram. And, oh, we're back on Facebook now. Are we? We are. All right. I signed back into my account. Thank God. <laughs> like, I think we have a Facebook. And then, yeah. Hey, welcome back. And welcome back. It's the... Um, hey, spooky. That's from earlier. Something. That's from I'm earlier. sorry, I can't see because I'm old. That's all right. Get you some new glasses. No, I I think I might need readers now. Uh, We'll go by the pharmacy at Walmart and find you some reading glasses. All right. (laughs) Well, I think we're done. I think we are. Appreciate everybody who stopped by. Yes, absolutely. We'll see you next week-ish for part two. Part two of J.C. Lee Dugard. Bye, Bye, y'all. Oh, jinx.